Welcome to Green Wave Radio. Your episode starts now. Hi, you're listening to Green Wave Radio. I'm Hayden Kim. So in last year's episode, I said that good news was on the horizon. I think most of us can agree that it didn't age too well, but, but, this time around, hopefully, it will get better. We've had to adapt and change so many aspects of our lives we didn't anticipate, from making virtual school an integral part of our education system, to seeing your friends in masks more often than without. Today, we're going to talk with Headmaster Father Michael Tidd, as we do every year, to give us a mid-year update on where we are and where we are projected to go. Sure, I'm Father Michael Tidd. I am the headmaster at Dalbarton School and a regular guest on Green Wave Radio. <laughs> I think the first thing, obviously, you're going to think I want to ask about is COVID. So, mm-hmm. of course, um, Governor Murphy's COVID, um, well, I guess, is it Murphy's COVID protocol was supposed to go until, at least mask mandate for schools was supposed to go up into January. January 11th is the, the date when it's supposed to expire. Uh, based on what I've seen in the newspapers, though I haven't heard anything official I suspect that it will probably be renewed at least until the early spring when there's more folks outdoors. Um, overall, though, while wearing a mask inside is clearly a nuisance, there's no question about that. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. The fact that everything else that we do in terms of the school day, having morning meetings, performances, games... Uh, whether indoors or outdoors, you know, full-size crowds. The fact that we've been able to do all of those, the fact that we have had no disruptions to school because of COVID at all in terms of in-school, in, in-person learning, I think we've, been, we've managed this second, this first half of the 21-22 school year pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, the hockey team had to cancel its trip to Boston, but not because of COVID, but because of the flu. They had an outbreak of the flu. So there are, are traditional wintertime diseases that are still out and about that affect schools every year, and that's no exception. Um, but as far as the pandemic goes, it, its impact on our operations has been pretty limited this year. With um, the return of school, and for the most part, normal school for, the, for almost everything, from sports to the school day, to we don't need 10 minutes in between each block... Mm-hmm. How do you think we've recovered as a community and as a school in trying to get back to what we were before the pandemic? Well, I think, you know, if you look at homecoming as a great example, I mean, we had probably the, it's, we never really count. It's hard to do that. Uh, but based on the number of cars that we parked, which was somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 on the day of homecoming, we had the largest, one of the largest, if not the largest crowd in the last 10 to 15 years. So clearly people wanted to return to see uh, what's happening on campus. Obviously, the new building was probably a bit of a draw, for uh, at least for some, at least some of the people that I talked to. And turnout at, at games uh, like the North sectional final with Seton Hall and soccer, um, the number of students that we had go to that is just one great example Um People want to be a part of what we're doing, both during the school day, after school, on the weekends. So I think it will take time to to fully, you know, to go through a whole cycle of the year. You know, for example, to have Spirit Week in person the way we were not able to do last year uh, on a large scale. I think it's important 
for all the students, particularly the ones who have not had a full year of normal school here, um, to go through that for that culture to really revive itself uh, in a healthy way. But I think we're well on our way to do that. Now transitioning topics a little bit. Um, I know that last Saturday was the last admissions date for mm-hmm. uh, tours and interviews. Um, you want? Do you have any insight into the admissions process this year? Are we have seen an influx of applications? So we have slightly fewer applications for ninth grade than last year, although last year was a record year. We still had one of the best years we've had in the last 12 years this year. I think the number right now is about 325 ninth grade applicants. Last year we had 341, so almost exactly the same number, both extraordinarily high, well above the the average. Uh, The seventh grade numbers uh, are even better. So I think the last time I checked, we had 85 applicants for seventh grade. Last year we had 75, which was itself a big jump from the year before, which was only 54. So overall, interest in the school is really strong. Uh, The the applications that I've read, because I have some that are assigned to me, are really strong. I think the last two years, both academically and in terms of extracurricular involvement, the ninth and now 10th grade class have been really great contributions to the vitality of the school, and I expect that we're going to get a great pool of kids this year as well. Last Friday, um, um, I, I think it was the Thursday the night before, Mr. Rubing had sent out an email concerning what is um, a TikTok scare. Um, do you have any insight onto what how the um, like what raised you to that to those concerns? Well, we got a a notification from the State Department of Education that this was a concern that had registered with state government officials in Trenton. So to be prudent, we had uh, an extra security guard to help Scott uh, Carroll during the day. But we and we had a tiny handful, maybe two or three folks express concern about the day, but we had no specific credible threat. Uh, no specific evidence that we were a target of any kind, but we wanted to be better safe than sorry. And the day passed without incident. So it's it's unfortunate and sad, actually, that schools have to confront this far more often than we would like. Um, but I think we have both the people and the procedures in place to keep the school safe, even when crazy things like that make their way across the Internet. How would you How would you assess the academic year thus far? Overall, I think it's been really good. I mean, I've, I've, I make a point to observe uh, classes as often as I can. So I think I've observed about, so far, I think I've observed about 40 teachers. And I've been continually impressed by what I see. Students seem focused, coming to school, ready to work. Teachers are happy to be here and are giving their best on a daily basis. So as I, and I, I don't tell people I'm coming in advance. and I'm not there to evaluate them. I'm just there to see what's happening. You know, it's easy in my job to kind of get trapped in your office and the school day happens around you and you forget what it's like to be a full-time teacher or, or certainly to be a student. And you, don't, you never want to have a, a gap. You never want to have a, a sense of uncertainty about, well, what's actually happening in our classrooms? What kind of teaching and learning is actually going on? So I make it a point whenever I have a free period, at least two or three times a week, to just pick a few teachers and I'll just show up at their class 
and sit down for between five and 10 minutes and just observe what's happening. You know, I'm not there to evaluate them. I'm not there to say this is good or bad. But I always leave them a handwritten note afterwards just to offer these are some things that I saw and try to describe them as objectively as possible. They're usually really great things. Sometimes they're things like, oh, this kid in the back seemed a little disengaged or maybe he was focused on his computer more than he should be on the lesson. Again, it's just something that an extra pair of eyes would see. Um, teachers, I find, are very appreciative that the headmaster comes to their class and shows an interest in what they're doing and also takes the time to, to write a little bit to them uh, as a way to encourage them in their ministry here as teachers at Dalarden. Uh, during lunch, you've begun this little program, I think it's called Lunch with the Headmaster. Yes. Yeah, what, have you learned anything from this? Have you, uh, have you picked up any well, cool stories? No, I wouldn't say I've learned anything other than learning people's names and learning a little bit about them and what, what's kind of on their minds. So I've, I finished the senior class. I'm about a third of the way through the junior class. Uh, interestingly, I find the juniors much more conversational. They're really chatty when they, when they get sit down. Uh, but the seniors were great to be with too. Uh, clearly college applications and college admissions were top of mind for seniors. I specifically did not ask them questions about college, um, to their relief. And, uh, one, one question I always ask just to kind of get the conversation started is what people's favorite classes are. And it's, I find it very encouraging that everybody has one or two even that leaps to mind right away. And they have a very good explanation for why they like that, why they like that class. So you, one thing I have learned are you know, teachers whose names come up repeatedly as real inspirations for their students, people who are really connecting with their students in a particularly powerful way, which I find very affirming for them and for us as a school. It's primarily just a way for me to get to know them and for them to get to know me. Like that, you know, I'm a human being and, you know, I have interests and hopes and fears and, you know, I share a lot of their concerns and, you know, just to communicate to them that I am here for them. I'm here to serve them uh, as I'm here to serve all of our staff and students and to create at least the beginnings of a, of a connection with them that if they have ever felt the need to come and see me about something that they'd feel free to do that. This past year, we see um, three new members of the school's faculty called the like fellows part mm -hmm. of the fellowship. Where did that come into mind? How did you come up with that idea? Or who was it? So I've seen uh, similar programs in place at other schools that I've been affiliated with. Um, the idea for the program, as we have it, really came from Mr. Negrin, who played a similar role at Regis where he had gone to high school after he graduated from LaSalle University. So it was something that was kind of in the back of our minds for a year, maybe a little longer, and that this year seemed to be an optimal time to, to give it a go. So we, we broadcast it to the class of 2017, the guys who were just about to graduate from college. We got three amazing uh, teaching fellows uh, Jordan Hubbard, Andrew Gannon, and Raji Chukamarka. Um, the program's just for a year. You know, they teach a class or act as a teaching assistant in a class or two. They work with activities. They teach, They might coach a sport. Uh, they substitute. They do all the different things that a, a, a teacher does here. And it's a way for them 
to get a sense of, is education for me? Is this something, not necessarily here at Delbarton, although that's always possible, if a position were to open up, but is education something that I feel called to? Is it something that I have a talent for? Um, is it something I want to pursue further? The, per- the program serves that purpose. It also gives folks just a chance to kind of take stock of their lives after college and figure out where they want to go from here. Uh, it's only meant for a year. If a position does become available that a, that a, a fellow is qualified for, we would certainly offer it to that person first. And, you know, it makes kind of something like creating your own farm team. Um, at the same time, that's not its primary purpose. Um, it's also really, for me, the most important thing about it is it gets young alumni on the staff. Compared to other schools where I've worked, we don't have a lot of alumni who teach here or who work here. That number is growing, but it's still relatively low. And I think it's really important that alumni who have gone to school here, who understand what our culture is as a school, come back and form critical parts of the faculty so that that culture can continue and be nourished uh, and that our students can see, hey, education is a good career choice. Education is something I should think about, that my career is not solely about tech or about finance or about um, a career field like that, that it could be something uh, in a service role like education. Uh, my, I think my final thing I think you saw is coming is talking about the field house. Mm-hmm. Um, when, do you th- uh, when is that projected to be done? How is construction going thus far? So right now, as you can see, there's a, a large pile of dirt uh, and the, you know, the fencing's gone up. So all the preliminary work has begun. Uh, to excavate the foundation. So we anticipate that a year from now, we'll be getting close to moving in. So obviously the weather, since we were delayed by delays at the planning board from starting in the spring of this year, as we had hoped, uh, we lost a lot of good weather for construction. If the winter is reasonably mild, and not you know, we're not getting socked with snow or, or bitter cold regularly, they can still make good progress. So um, I am fully confident that by January of 23, we'll be getting ready to move in and that uh, certainly for the spring seasons, the spring sports of 22-23, that the building will be up and running uh, and available for their use. We're really excited, not just about the building itself, but the new bleachers, the tennis courts, the new parking lot. It's going to really dramatically improve both the player experience the general student experience and our, our experience of our guests uh, when they come for games. Are stu- uh, any students even outside the sports that are it's specifically built for allowed to be used to facility? Sure. So the new weight room that will be in there is more than double the size of the current one and it's open to any student. So we will have staff there to, to make it available. So if students want to train in an off season or just if they're not even playing a sport, but just for health and wellness, want to use the facility, it will not be, you know, we're going to keep the existing weight room. Um, so we'll have two options for student health and fitness training uh, once the facility is up and running. And that'll be open to any student. Okay. Perfect timing. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was Headmaster Father Michael Tidd. 
As we look towards 2022, there is so much to learn, to grow, and to discover. Even through another wave and variant of COVID, the button finds a way to continue its mission. I'm excited to see what this year brings. I'm Hidden Kim, and thank you for listening.